Awesome. Well, welcome to the Spry Podcast. Today we are talking about retirement, and this is a first episode in a four-episode series with Karen. But as I've started doing some research on retirement, I'm realizing how much there is to talk about. So we may be back after this series because it's a complex topic. So welcome, Karen. Well, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. I brought Karen's bio just to give you a little bit of background about her. So Karen Kindred has over 40 years of experience in individual and couples therapy. Karen is an interactive, solution-focused therapist. Her approach is to provide support and practical feedback to help clients effectively address personal life challenges. Karen recently retired from full-time private practice and wants to share her therapeutic tools with as many people as possible. Karen holds a master's degree in social work and a bachelor's degree in psychology from the University of Utah. So today we're going to talk about why it's important to prepare emotionally and psychologically for retirement. So we tend to focus a lot on like being prepared financially, Mm -hmm. but there's actually a lot that's going on emotionally. And so I thought the best place to start would be with your story, because this is where all of this sort of originated from is your own experience with retirement. Yeah, it was an interesting journey for me. I'll start when I was about 63. I had kind of a downturn on my emotional and mental health. And it really had nothing to do with the pandemic because it happened before the pandemic. So I can't blame it on that. (laughs) Anyway, looking back, I know that this looming idea of cutting back completely, the pink retirement elephant in the room, anyway, uh, caused a massive amount of anxiety for me. I worried about how I would feel all those long days ahead of me. I really think it was because I lost sight of the control I had actually had. I had to create a plan. I had to be more deliberate about how I was spending my non-working time. I had all the knowledge and the research and the experience and know-how from my 40 years of work as a therapist and a coach. I knew in order for me not to feel unsettled and not forecast and not worry about and not live constantly in anxiety, I had to use my craft to help me to architect the rest of my life. That's an interesting part because I was talking to other people in my life. Yeah. My brother and friends were all at that age. At this point, I was 63. And I thought, wow. I started really focusing more and more on what I was going to do. And I think a lot of people begin to think earlier about it. You know, just start to kind of think it. And then I think we compartmentalize it a little bit and put it away. It's like, okay, I'm not going to go there. That's not happening yet. I have my routine. I have my projects, I have my running and uh, working out, I have my friends, my volunteer activities, entertainment and fun, my plans for the near and far future, I have my husband and my daughters, my siblings and some close relatives. It is okay for me to not do as much work or to do different things or to actually do nothing at times. This is not about dollars, it's about a different kind of currency, time. I still have my worries once in a while. I still get bored sometimes. I still feel not as relevant as I used to at times, but I know how to work through it quickly and move on. You can enjoy this time and have peace of mind, relevance, self-respect, fulfillment, and fun too. Well, I feel like everything I hear about retirement is focused on money. And it's definitely important, right? Your financial security, Mm -hmm. but it's not all of it. And It feels like we've created, especially like for people my age, so, you know, I'm in my late 40s and you're, I don't know, maybe hitting 
towards the end of your career and just like retirement feels like this beautiful like horizon event. But the singular story we've created is that, first of all, it's the goal. The goal is to stop working completely and retire. And I'm learning that that actually might not be the goal for some or be a fulfilling sort of end state for some. Second, that it's going to be easy, right? So, and, you know, you have health to think about, you have finances to mm-hmm. think about, you have your relationships to think about. And so none of that is easy. <laughs> and finally, the transition is going to be natural. And in reality, this is a major, major transition in someone's life. And so we think about, you know, we prepare for college, we prepare for a career, we mm-hmm. prepare for marriage, we prepare for children. And I think we just assume like, oh, I'm just going to walk out of the office or you know, walk away from my job and everything's going to be great. You know, as I've started doing some research, I went to Eric Erickson's stages of psychological I love Eric Erickson. I've used him for years, his work. Yeah. And so, you know, he was a German-American child psychoanalyst. You know, he was born in the early 1900s and lived, I think he died in like 1994. Yeah, been alive in our modern era, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he is known for his theory on psychosocial development of human beings. And he has eight stages of human development that he created. And he's the one that coined the phrase identity crisis, which so much of what you feel in retirement is related to the identity that you've established in your adult life. So, And then feeling like you're going to lose that identity. Yeah. Oh, totally. So, you know, in each of the eight stages, from infancy to late adulthood, he talks about a conflict between mm-hmm. two opposing states. And again, I feel like we think so much about early development, development in adulthood, developing your identity, building your family and your career. And then we just sort of think that, oh, well, at some point in our lives, all of this will just be easier or make sense. But there is a conflict in that eighth stage, which is ego integrity versus despair, mm-hmm. and which he thought starts at approximately age 65 and ends at death. Mm-hmm. And so this is how he describes it. For ego integrity, if individuals feel they have lived a fulfilling and meaningful life, they will experience ego integrity. This is characterized by a sense of acceptance of their life as it was, the ability to find coherence and purpose in their experiences, and a sense of wisdom and fulfillment. On the other hand, with despair, if individuals feel regretful about their past, feel they have made poor decisions, or believe they failed to achieve their life goals, they may experience despair. Despair involves feelings of regret, bitterness, and disappointment with one's life and a fear of impending death. You know, again, I think we've created this mythology that, again, it's just going to be easy and happy and fun. And really, you know, there's this massive conflict going on. And you've been having conflict through all the developmental stages of your life. There's definitely something happening here. There's a yield there is what I remember his work saying. These social psycho conflicts create a yield of whatever. And the yep. word you mentioned in there is wisdom, too. And I think that's really important. And yep. another thing is generativity, being able to let the other generations come in and take charge and take your place. And so yep. you can help people to become able to fill your shoes and feel good about that. You're not just leaving a void. Yeah. But it becomes kind of a void for you. Yeah. 
I think that's really interesting because, you know, Mitt Romney, who's our senator in Utah, has announced his retirement. And that's one of the things that he talked about was, you know, it's time for the next generation generation to Uh come in. But I think also as maybe a younger generation, it's important to seek the wisdom of people that have something to share. And I think, too, that in our society, it's as you get older, you become more invisible and people don't talk to you as much. And I'm always joking with my husband, well, we're at the point now where we'll be at the family party and we're like the people that everybody comes and says, oh, hi, how are you? And then (laughs) they talk to you for a minute and then they move on. And I knew that I treated people like that, that were older and, you know, it's kind of scary thinking yeah. of that. You just become more irrelevant. Yep. I also recently read this book called Independence Day, which was written by an L.A. Times columnist named Steve Lopez. I love the title of the book. It says, Independence Day, what I learned about retirement from some who've done it and some who never will. It's described as a story-filled ode to one of the biggest and last decisions of our lives. And in the book, he shares the decision-making process for his own retirement, as well as, you know, dozens of stories from other folks that are in his same situations. And I thought there were some interesting takeaways from the book. And as it says, you know, he talks to people that have retired, people that refuse to let go, but also just they don't want to. They're finding fulfillment in creativity and passion and work, people that wish they could retire, that maybe can't, and those who wish they hadn't retired at all. And so some of the themes that came out of this that I wanted to talk to you about. So the first one was identity. And he shares this quote from Robert Louis Stevenson, which says, to be idle requires a strong sense of personal identity, which I thought was interesting. And, you know, you're opening up free time. But he says that, you know, the part that scares me this is the author of the book saying, the part that scares me is when I walk away, how much of me stays behind? How much of what I do is who I am? And, you know, he logically could say, you know, I'm not the work I do, but inside it's really a a part of his identity. And so I don't know if you felt that as well or how to think about leaving the work that you do potentially and, and how much that plays into who you are and you know, maybe you're keeping that going by staying part-time or sharing your wisdom. Well, and I think what I've chosen to do is to continue coaching the Salt Lake City Council. And I do so a little bit of offshoots from that because I felt like it wasn't really my identity as much as it was the way that I went through my life. It's interesting because Being a therapist is a lot different than being a mailman, for instance. Yeah. You know, so your identity as a mailman or nothing good or bad, just when you have a certain job, that's what your identity is. Being a therapist, there's so many different ways to look at it, and you fill so many different roles. I didn't feel that as much, but I can see where that's a big thing. And that part about being idle, then you, no matter where you go, there you are. Yeah. You're by yourself. You're with yourself. Yeah. And the more time that you're not doing something, the more you are with yourself. And that's, that can be frightening. Yeah. That scares me sometimes. The second thing was control came up. So obviously the things that can have the biggest impact in your retirement are your health, your income, and your social connections. And he talks about how the unknowns of retirement are perplexing. So I don't know how I'm going to feel. I'm, you're, you're almost taking a leap. 
And then he also talks about the ultimate unknown of when are we going to die? So, you know, for him, he was like, well, if I knew I was going to be healthy and live until I was 90, I might work for a few more years. But if I, you know, thought maybe I only had 10 years left, I'd quit work now. And but you don't know the, the answer to that. You don't have a lot of control over these things. And, you know, he says there's no clear path and no guarantee of fulfillment. And it's a very, like, experimental transition. Well, it's a sea of uncertainty Yeah, is what's going on there because you're uncertain. And so we as human beings need to learn to be more flexible and adaptable. Yeah. And that's where some of the work can be done when we talk later about ways you can get stronger and learn how to deal with the anxiety that comes and deal with the uncertainty. And to me, I would never have thought that if I went on a trip or if I did something like you were saying, if I knew I had 10 years or if I knew I had two years, I don't, that's the interesting, see, there's so many different perceptions. Yeah. I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. That's why it's great to talk with people about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it it just varied wildly with people in how they thought about it. And we'll talk about this in a future episode, but there's a psychologist that has come up with sort of eight different categories of like retirement styles that I thought were really interesting. But I think one of the biggest things is that flexibility, right? Mm -hmm. And being adaptable and maybe being okay to change your mind. Like he mentioned several people in the story, in the book that, you know, they like had the retirement party and the celebration. And then six months later, we're like, oh, can I come back to work? Because I, this wasn't totally fine. Absolutely can change your mind. Yep. Attitude and engagement was another theme. So just being positive, doing what you love to do, finding things you're passionate about. And, you know, he talks about retiring from work, but not retiring from life. And that this really is a that retirement, as we've labeled it, is a work-related thing, but it shouldn't be a life-related thing. But he he really had to be thoughtful about, again, for him, his work was a lot of his identity. That being gone, well, what did life mean without that? What was he going to do to kind of stay engaged? Right. And I think that, again, when you have the thought process of, I really want to know what my days are going to look like. And as we get into this, and I want to have kind of a plan there, again, you have to be flexible with it, but it's important to, you say kind of a control issue. And again, that comes into personality as well. Yeah. Some people are much easier to adapt and some people really need to have a schedule and a structure. Yep. And you'll find out some of that as we go along. Yep. And the last thing was meaning, which I think ties really, you know, it ties back to Erickson's stages of development you know, a lot of people talk about staying anchored and tethered, finding something to keep you that replenished, finding meaning. And again, if you put a lot of that replenishment and meaning into your work, maybe completely stopping work or going cold turkey would be kind of a shock to the system. But if you, you know, even if you've left your job, you know, you still want to find meaning and purpose in your life. He has a quote from Mel Brooks. Um, He said, look forward to waking up to something you do well, something you want to do. That could be anything. You might cook well, or I don't know, you might do a great job playing with your dog. You might play (laughs) Wordle well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But there's, there's, he talks about going from to the next and having a next thing to look forward to. 
And that's what we talk about yep. as well is in your day, you need to do at least three things a day. Yep. And, you know, it's very important to look forward to the things. You also are still going to have to do things you don't like. Yeah. Still have yeah. to make the bed and clean the house and go grocery shopping, whatever. So, you know, you yeah. got to fit that stuff in. For some people, not for everyone, for certain types of people, retirement is overrated. The people likely to fantasize about retirement are those who don't enjoy their jobs. For someone who gets a lot of fulfillment and maybe ego strokes in their work, it's a different calculation. But he says for everyone, having a job that you enjoy gives your life and your day structure, and we should never underestimate the importance of a structured day Mm -hmm. and feeling that you're needed. And we're going to talk about this as we get into being mindful about the planning of your time, but also just the feeling that you're needed by someone. And he speaks to a rabbi friend who says, when you're looking at retirement, it's important to know what your makeup is and whether you feel feel fulfilled or not, whether you feel that you're living up to your mystical perspective and potential. Are you living up to why you were put here? Are you living up to your mission? Which again, like this is the central conflict of this part of our development as human mm-hmm. beings. And so this I thought was the ultimate takeaway from this book. We should no longer accept that retirement is a binary proposition. And I think in general as human beings, we just want to put things in black and white boxes mm-hmm. and have it solved. And it's just our nature. But you know, this isn't binary. This isn't all or nothing. You know, part-time work and part-time play are okay. Flex time is trending. The nature of work itself and retirement is evolving. And I also think that, you know, starting with the boomers, it's just a completely new generation of people that are going into retirement. And the way that you engage with the world is very different, I think, than the generation previous. So well, it's an I, exciting time. Yes. And there are more boomers than any other generation. Yep. And we were the generation that was so focused on a career and focused on making money and having the two-car garage and the bigger and the bigger house. And so that's a whole nother area of it Yep, is you've got that or you've tried to get that and now you realize it didn't really matter. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, it's it doesn't, relationships. It, and, yeah. It's not yeah. what matters. I mean, everybody wants to be secure financially, but it doesn't mean you have to live in a huge house and drive the best car and go on trips all the time. Yeah. That stuff is not as fulfilling. Yeah. And unfortunately, we learn that later. Yep. Well, and I think it's also that no matter how much money you have, these psychological, these feelings and conflict and psychological states are happening. So you may be the wealthiest person in the world and maybe still be wondering how much of your work was your identity or how are you, you know, how have you shored up your relationships with others? Who are you? you know, what was the meaning in your life? And so when you look at relationships too, all of a sudden, if you are married and have been married for years, you're with your partner all the time now. Yeah. And if you're alone, you're alone more. And if your kids don't live around you or you don't have relationships with them, that's not there. If you've never really had friends or you've had a ton of friends, and that's the other thing, your friends start to die. I mean, it just is such a different evolution on so many levels. And to me, the most important part to get right is the feeling of just feeling calm and feeling relaxed about it and being able to work through it. Yeah. To know how to get yourself through the emotional and the psychological part, because that's where you'll become 
immobilized if yeah. if you have that hard of a time dealing and coping, which I have had. Yeah. And it's a scary situation. So our whole goal, I think, is to get this out where people can say, okay, here's how I deal with the emotional. Here's how I do deal with the psychological part. Yep. Have some really basic skills. Not hard, not complicated. Yep. So what we're saying is retirement needs a plan. So that is what this series of uh, podcasts is about. And let's talk about the components of the plan, what we'll be talking about okay. in upcoming episodes. So the first is knowing yourself. So we're going to talk a little bit about personality and how that can affect you and, during this stage. And we use the Myers-Briggs. So if any of you have taken it, you'll know more we talk about, but we'll give you a good background on it. We're going to talk about feelings mm -hmm. and how to deal with feelings. And I think even if you're not going into retirement, this conversation about feelings is important and useful. Yes. <laughs> give you a great tool. And then we're going to talk about putting together the plan. There's kind of two aspects of this. One is like your big plan. Am I retiring? When? What questions should I be asking myself? How do right. I prepare, again, psychologically and emotionally? And then the small plan, which is just, you know, how are you spending your time? Yes, every day. Yes. And, you know, during the pandemic, most of us got some sort of a routine. Yeah. Because it was such an odd spot to be in. And I've never liked routines, and I've never done that. But during that, I had to have a routine to survive. And I think that retirement is a lot like that. But we're more apt now from the last three years to be open to that. Yeah. I yeah. think. It's made a big difference. I My research with the pandemic and the after math of it is really interesting. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you're already retired, it doesn't hurt to stop and check in, see how things are going. And, you know, if you're embarking on this journey, you need to maybe envision what that could look like and how to be adaptable and flexible. So over the next three episodes, we're going to give you the framework for this plan and excited to dive in. Yes. All Let's right. go. Thank you. Thank you.